0: Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm Brian Moran, and today I want to welcome Ben Brewer to our show. Ben is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Global SMB Division at SAP Concur, one of the world's largest providers of integrated travel, expense, and invoice management solutions. Ben leads a sales organization of nearly 1,000 employees throughout the world, and today we're going to talk about cash flow management. Welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Ben Brewer. Thanks, Brian. Really excited to be here with you today. Yeah, we're we're thrilled to have you on the show because the topic we're going to be talking about today is definitely uh, on the minds of so many of our listeners and so many small business, small and mid-sized companies around the world. So. So it's definitely going to be a a well-received podcast, I think. So let me me start off and ask, is cash flow in, in everything that you see and the work that you do every day, is it still the biggest thing that keeps business owners up at night?
1: You know, in my experience um, over these last couple of years, and especially, honestly, these last 12 months, as you know, the economy is kind of a, going through another beginning, what seems to be another kind of unpredictable in an election year here in the U.S. coming up. Um, it, it, it's always there, but it seems to be coming even more in the forefront of those um, those thoughts you have right before you fall asleep of what's heavy on your mind. And Cash is definitely there. Um, I think where that comes from though, Brian, is when I talk to a lot of small business, we have about uh, close to 30,000 clients. I spend a lot of time with them at events across the country. And it's always, you know, cash is king. It's the lifeblood. But what's really behind that for a lot of these small business companies that I work with is it's the control. These mm-hmm. companies are their baby. It's their family. And you know better than anyone, having you know been doing this and running this podcast in your site for, you know, 25 plus years, right? You know this, that they wanna they don't have a lot of leverage in a lot of different things they're doing, right? They don't right. they can't go and negotiate these huge um, discounts on contracts. They're not often at the negotiating tables for you know big trade agreements, depending upon the industry there and all that sort of thing but they wanna remain in control of their company. They wanna be the ones making the decisions for this company they have. And cash is what gives them that leverage. It, it's what gives them the ability to keep control of their company and make the decisions that they believe is best. Um, and so having that cash and understanding what's coming in and what's coming out at all times gives them that security and that ability to, to use that as leverage. And you know, I, I liken
0: everything to sports, that's sure. as, as my listeners know, and and when you talk about uh, uh, receivables and payables, I think of offense and defense.
1: Yeah, right. So and, yeah. and
0: and I think the biggest problem with business owners today is that they focus almost entirely on offense. That every problem mm-hmm. they have can be solved with more sales. Mm-hmm. Right, and and yep. so. You know, so you know what you're what you're talking about a little bit is it. It makes me think. You know how can how can business owners deal with cash flow issues? You know how can they become more profitable and sleep better at night through uh, better expense management, right? Better mm-hmm. better defense, and that's contrary thinking for a lot of these people.
1: Yeah, Brian. To liken that to the the sports analogy, I think that's that is a, a fantastic way to look at it, and it's so true. Um, companies are often looking at this, going, "Okay, um, let's just add some more salespeople, or let's get into more markets." Um, when oftentimes a lot of the fixes can happen right there on the accounting and finance floor, and and they kind of when they're looking at when we bring come into a company and we look at kind of the areas on the defensive side per your analogy of where they can improve, it kind of comes down to three things. The first thing they look at is they've got to reduce the complexity Mm -hmm. of this process. That is massively important because the complexity is often what causes the redundancy in uh, multiple people doing um, something that they could consolidate down to one function. Um, And in that redundancy comes errors, Uh, double payments, all that sort of stuff that we'll probably talk about a little bit later here in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's taking that complexity out. And the second part of that is the scale piece, right? And I don't just mean scale per your point of scaling your business on the outbound, the offense, right? It's scaling your business on the inside, right? So how can we make sure as we increase our footprint in whatever industry or vertical we're in that we're scaling our internal resources the right way? And the, the, um, the last piece, when you, when you figure those two pieces out, taking the complexity out, scaling the internal part of your process the right way, you start to be able to make better buying decisions because what is coming in is much more accurate, is much more reliable. So when you start to make decisions off the data that's coming in, you have much more confidence starting to make better decisions and those are all connected. So you got to take the complexity out of the process first simplify it as much as you can, look to where you can scale once you have that process set. Um, and then as you begin to make decisions, you can start to trust the data you're making those decisions off of. Um, and that those are kind of like the three areas that we're constantly looking at in these small businesses when we look at cash flow management. And
0: these are fantastic points. And, and for our listeners, I, I want to kind of reiterate what you said in, in my own way. And that is that in order for you to be able to sleep better at night, you have to understand what the future holds for your company. And, and I would say, and I'll ask you this question, on a scale from 1 yeah. to 10, how well do business owners really understand their expenses, their defensive side of
1: their business, their payables? Wow. I mean, it's one of the reasons why Concur has grown so quickly, and and um, and why I've been able to be blessed with the career I've had is because it's a two or three. It's one of the most overlooked parts of a business um, uh, that we see. Let me, Brian. Let me give you an example of something that someone said to me many moons ago. That's always stuck with me. It's a good. It's a good analogy to kind of think through. Is I was sitting with the CFO once of a um, a small business. It was a nonprofit. And we were talking about his culture and how his family um, had started the business. And, and he said, you know, Ben, I relate a lot of uh, our conversations today because we were talking about um, employee spend, right? right. Um, anytime an employee spends money on behalf of a company, Concur manages that outside of payroll, right? right. And so. He was saying, Ben, I look at it like this. These people truly are all my family members, right? And for me to give them a credit card or a or a checkbook with my company's name on it and not manage that would be asinine if you think about it in your own family, right? You're not gonna give your daughter or your son, your family the ability to just go spend and not look at it and not process it, right? Sometimes um, in some days right it feels way. like that though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so yeah. it does like that often. Yeah. Um and, and so I bring that up because, again, it's back to what you said. People are so focused on um, the offense, the outbound, um, when oftentimes some of the small tweaks they can do on defense will have a much bigger uh, result. Um, and like like you know and I've seen it in some of your other podcasts that you've done you know the data is the new automation right oh, yeah. you remember a few years ago I'm sure you get automate 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 and automation is still the first step get rid of the paper because the paper is what provides the complexity and a lot of the cost so by no means am I saying automation is not important but we all know that data AI machine learning this is like the hot the hot buttons right now right yeah for you small business people out there listening right now, do not think that um, you are not a part of that. And that is not, should be something that you're thinking about as well. Because oftentimes people think, oh, I don't have enough data to make that work. And that is completely false. The number one key driver to making better business decisions is trusting the data, regardless of how much you have. And to trust it, you've got to make sure you're doing the right things as it's incoming. And so when people look at expense reporting, they look at it as, um, or invoicing, they look at it as, like you said, they, they overlook it. They don't really manage. They don't look at it as something that could actually have a a fundamental change in their business could drive a, a big positive impact. And so when you look at things like the average processing cost of an expense report, could be 30 to $40, wow. right? Between the paper and mailing and all that. Yeah. Those are instant cost cutting measures you can do. And I'm not talking about eliminating jobs within your company. I'm just talking about managing it more efficiently and taking the complexity out. Then you think if you start to manage this process better coming in, right. And the economy turns or you lose a big client, right. Oftentimes you make those decisions of what you need to do to, to course correct emotionally or uninformed. And then that's where the problem compounds. We all know that a storm's going to come and if you're in right now, it's going to pass. That's the good news, right? But it's going to come again. That's the ebb and flow of running a business. And so the best thing you can do now is prepare for what the inevitable is going to happen. And so when you're in that storm, you feel very confident to make the right decisions because you're informed. And that doesn't start with yelling down to your finance or accounting department saying, I need this. We need this emergency meeting. It's putting in the process and procedures through technology now. So when that does come, you're getting right in there and you can trust the data um, is going to help you make the best decision for your business. And so it's not just the process piece. That's that's the first start. Get rid of the paper, take out the complexity Reduce the redundancy so you can eliminate some of the errors and, and put your accounting people on more strategic initiatives than processing or putting an iron mountain box in a garage, right? right? And then two, making sure that that process is efficient and effective. So when you make decisions based off the data that this is spitting out, you feel good and you're making the right decisions for your business. They're they're informed. They're not emotional. They're not fire drilled. Um, and that problem that you're in at that time doesn't compound. It- because um, that's where that's where the big problems start for the company.
0: And I 100% agree because w- what you're saying to me is what I say to our listeners and our readers all the time is that you know business isn't you know from go it doesn't go from point A to point B it goes point A to yeah. G to F to Z yeah, to yeah. X you know and yeah. and then finally you make it back to B but I'll create like a couple of scenarios for our listeners to kind of paint the picture that they will definitely get and that is. Uh, you know, you have, let's say, 50, 75 employees in your company and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 15 or 20 of those are salespeople and, you know, salespeople aren't getting their expense reports done on time and all of a sudden, you know, they hand them in four months at a time. So, you, you know, you're trying to track your financials every month and all of a sudden you get yeah. whacked with these huge yeah. expenses in, in July because people didn't get their expenses in on time. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the, and, and then, of course, the receivables, then you expect your receivables to, to match it. And somebody says, oh, net 30 is now net 60 or it's net 90 or whatever yep. the case yep. may be. And your financials are all over the place. And mm-hmm. then it's it's at that moment that you have a emergency purchase. One of your vans yep. breaks down or, you know, one of your systems is goes offline and you have to replace it or your best salesperson leaves or your largest customer <laughs> decides to go with a competitor. Yeah. It's that, that when you talk about the emotional decisions that a business makes, it's in those times when you weren't staying on top and you weren't being proactive with every aspect of your business, especially the defensive side, because receivables, as we all know, every small and sized company knows this, receivables can be all over the place. I mean, best late plans, oh, yeah. right? And all of a sudden you're expecting a check and, oh yeah, yeah, Well, you didn't fill out the paperwork correctly. So we have to start all over again <laughs> and it's going to take them yeah. 90 days. And that happens. And we all know that, but yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, guess what? If you're a day late paying somebody, you're going to get that phone call. You know, yeah. your payables don't, don't, you know, that's when you have to start to negotiate with creditors all of a sudden because you're in that cash flow squeeze. All right, so we talked about a lot of good things, a lot of good ways that mm-hmm. business owners can improve uh, on their cash management. Before I get to the next mm-hmm. point, is there any other tips that you can provide on on playing better defense so that your offense is in a position to score?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think we covered a lot of them. I, I think one of the things that, to think about when, when you look at employee spend, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, like the example, that CFO gave me where, um, you know, you think about the people that are out spending money with on, on your behalf, you need to realize that all these decisions are connected. Mm-hmm. And let me know, let me, let, let me tell you what I mean by that. He used that example where you've given a salesperson the ability to go out and spend on travel and entertainment, or you've given the ability of an office manager to make purchases on office supplies or whatever that may be maintenance. I mean, it could be an assortment of things, right? Right. Whether it's it's T&E spend or whatever, all these decisions become connected. And when the process is not connected, that's where you get into trouble per your point, Mm -hmm. So uh, I worked with a, a smaller pharmaceutical company a while back. I think it was like a uh, hundred employees and, and um, they were completely manual. They had, you know, they had um, uh, a, a younger sales force uh, working for them. So oftentimes some of these people were, you know, just a couple years out of college, but they were out on the road, heavy traveling. Um, and then they would open small sales offices in areas where they were selling their products. Right. Right. Well, as this company began to grow, they started to have to make decisions on where they were going to actually open offices, right? Okay. And where was the best decision for them to open those offices? The last place someone who hasn't had this process being managed properly will look at is where's our t and being spent, right? right? And so this company was actually looking at, okay, we've traveled to these city pairs during these times and spent this amount of money. If we were able to open these offices in these locations, turn that air into train, look at these different city pairs we could get to at this lower cost, right? Wow, yeah. Um, And I'm still having a very complex conversation, but we were literally sitting in the concur budgeting tool and looking at city pairs, where the most frequent areas they traveled to in the last 120 days, And we were making very educated decisions on where to get that next office, as opposed to saying, okay, this area is a little bit cheaper than this area. Um, We've got a few universities, we should be able to pull talent. They were making an actual business decision based off actual business data. And so what I mean by decisions are connected is all those decisions that that sales force were making, where they were traveling based off where they knew the business needed to, right, Mm -hmm. where the customers were, where the prospects were, they were making those decisions based off what they knew. They're the experts. They know where to go sell, right? Right. Well, now the finance and CFO's office was able to take those decisions they made because they know that part of the company, right, where we're going to sell to make the next financial decision, which is where we're going to invest in rent and in getting a building and those two decisions need to be connected and so they were able to start opening offices in the right areas based off that uh, based off that data coming in and so that's what I mean when I say this is bigger than just a process improvement that is the first step the other piece of it is this is a probably the second most controllable cost in your company is employee spend next to payroll. And so getting that data and getting those decisions made in the right areas will allow you to leverage um, all that spend you're doing to make better business decisions. That's really what it all comes down to. Does that make sense? 100%. 100% sense. And I hope that our
0: listeners, and they're pretty good about giving us feedback. I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your feedback to my listeners um, on uh, what Ben is saying right there. because you know, not only is he talking about getting better control of your defense, your payable Mm -hmm. and your expenses, but he's also talking about using your expense management tools as a way to grow your company. You know, where are the opportunities? Where are the opportunities to grow my business through better expense management? Right? Exactly. So so that's a phenomenal point. And And it's one that I can tell you that I don't often hear I don't. I don't often hear people talk about that. It's it's more of the, you know, let's 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 look at the offense. Let's look at where the sales are, and let's just go there, you know. And, yep. and and sometimes, you know, you can you can sell your way into, you know, losing your business. You know, you can sell your way into falling behind an eight ball because if those exp- if those sales are all coming at a loss, because you're not controlling your expenses, because you're spending too much money to make the sale. Then it's you know it's all of a sudden it's a race to the bottom for you for your company. Exactly. And, and you know what? There's one other area that I want to talk about within all of this, and yep. this actually happened to me when I was at a a magazine. And w- once you get a better handle on expense management and your expense control uh, system, um, it, it kind of opens up the area of fraud right whether it's mm-hmm. accidental yeah. or otherwise you know there's there I've been at companies where we we paid invoices two and three times we've overpaid on invoices and then of course there's the you know embezzlement yeah. through false expenses so l- let's talk a little bit about how getting a better handle on your expense controls can prevent
1: this they prevent the fraud mm-hmm. yeah uh, Brian, I think the first thing we have to remember with fraud, the number one thing is that, you know, I, I've seen multiple different studies that, that quote different numbers, but it's oftentimes over 70% of fraud is accidental. You said it, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason accidents happen kind of come into two buckets. First it's lack of education. And I'll talk about that real quickly. And the second is um, the redundancy in the process, right? We don't know, was this already paid? Was it not? I double paid this, um, or I, I didn't match the invoice with the proper one because a new version came in. Um, and no one was doing that on purpose. It was just a, a, an output of a, a complex, redundant process. And so the first one is the education and so oftentimes when fraud occurs, they've either done something because they didn't know that was against the policy, right? Right. right. Or they spent with a hotel chain or an, an airline or a car rental um, or rented a car when they should have got a, uh, an Uber because they didn't know. And so when you invest in a technology um, to help you manage this process like Concur, we're managing the process from the point of trying to make a business decision all the way through payment. Because if you think about it, oftentimes in a in a manual process, you are course correcting or making adjustments or catching fraud when? After it happens. After it's, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Where well, do you want to be catching that? is before it occurs. And so in an automated tool like Concur Travel and Expense, when they're going on to uh, search if they should take a trip, um, what airline it should be, what hotel, what days, all things, the, the, the your policies in, um, that you want um, to put into effect can be taken by the tool. So when they say, hey, I wanna find these, uh, I wanna take this trip with, um, See these clients, and I'm going to use this airline, this hotel. A pre-trip approval can come through where it says, "Are we spending with the right airline? Should we even be traveling for this client or not? Does this make sense at this time in the in the deal we're trying to close or what have you?" So that's huge, yeah. right? Because that eliminates, like I said, seventy percent of the fraud because um, you've you've taken out. Um, That accidental piece or that uneducated piece because you're you're educating them before the money is actually spent. And that is super, super critical. Um, The other part, though, when fraud that does occur, which, uh, you know, is, 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 is not as common as you would think, but it definitely does happen you need that have visibility. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And when fraud is happening um, in a manual process, it is extremely hard to identify because it's manual. Right. You, you, you can't see what a, what a cost charge is because someone can type in an expense type. Someone can type in a vendor. Well, when you've integrated, you know, your card spend through Concur, that vendor cannot be edited. Um, that spend is tracked from the moment it happens. And so you can create things like cowboy lists, you know, like odd amounts of spend occurring. You know, why is this person spending 30% more than others? Um, why is this person spending with this vendor that we have unidentified? And so first part, educate, educate upfront and do it before purchases happen. Second, create an automated process. So you have visibility of all the spend across it and you can identify those, what we call the cowboy list very quickly. Uh-huh.
0: So, so- Again, a lot of what uh, we're saying here—it it, doesn't—I don't want people to think, "Oh my God, it's overwhelming. It's, it's yeah. going to be overwhelming. I don't have the time," because that's the other thing that most business owners will tell me: "This is great, Brian. This is fabulous information. I really appreciate it. Definitely, you know, you got my attention. I just don't have the time to implement it." So, tell tell me and our listeners. Uh, typically, you know, a business that is going to incorporate an expense management system into their business, what is the onboarding process like, and and
1: the learning curve? You know, it's um, it's quick. Um, it's less than a couple of weeks, depending. It, it depends on the complexity of your business, the size, international, just domestic. But it can be any. I mean, it can start with just a couple of weeks. Um, And the other thing that um, companies need to understand is we do this a lot. I mean, we're implementing thousands of customers a month. And so not only is it just a process of setting you up, right? Um, It's a process of of educating you and helping Mm -hmm. you understand because, you know, oftentimes Brian – you know, the, I would say the majority of the companies that we work with, um, when we started, uh, rolling this out, you know, one of the things they talk about is the T&E pro- the, uh, policy, right? I would yeah. say 90% of the companies we work with don't have one. And so that's hard. And for your listeners out there, you know, the idea of you sitting down this weekend and writing a teeny policy is that really going to happen? Because I know you're not going to have time to do it um, on during your work week, right? Right, And so that's often why it doesn't occur. They just don't have the time. And so. We have best uh, best practices that we've um, developed over the years of implementing these thousands and thousands of customers to say, hey, a company of your size in this vertical, you know, if you're pharma, for example, Sunshine Act is big. You know, if you're about to grow international, what is that that reclaim going to look like? You know, this is what these countries uh, countries laws are. So the value is not just the quick setup. That's a part of it, right? Um, we've got it dialed down, but it's also the best practices and education we can give you um, uh, as you implement to start to, to um, implement these. Because look, you know, when small business companies get together, the reason your podcast and your site is so popular is why they're searching for knowledge. Tell right. me the secret. Tell me what others are doing. Let's create a community so we can learn the the, the basis of your business, right, Brian? That's exactly what Concur's created uh, with with our process is we're taking all the knowledge um, from what we've learned from all these companies and putting it into our methodologies and our best practices. And that's not just an implementation. When they become a client, there's all sorts of communities and and, – LinkedIn communities where it's like, Hey, I'm growing in this country or, Hey, I'm about to grow in these States for the first time. What should I be thinking about? And there's true, true value in that as well. Because again, small businesses are always looking for what the leg up a little bit of leverage. Give me the secrets the big guys have. Um, we call it the, the edge as yep. in small business edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. There's the plug
0: and there you go. Um, all right, we're, we're in the home stretch. It's amazing how quickly this goes, and I definitely want to have you back on because there is so much to cover in this area. Because it is one of the two or three things that really do keep business owners up at night. And as we can see, there are so many layers to the defensive side of your business. Mm-hmm. Here's just one point I want to make too, and and to our listeners, and that is, you know, the 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 offensive side. It, you know, you know how much your customers are going to pay, or your clients are going to pay, and it's it's hard to grow your your the offensive side of your business rapidly unless you acquire another company, or unless you, you know, bring on a really big client and and you get that cap, you know, that 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 cash infusion into your business. But the the defensive side, I mean, that that could spring leaks in any possible area, yeah. you know, whether it's emergency payments or you know, three, three three-year salespeople hand in six months of expenses at the same time. And, you know, somebody, you know, there are so many ways for you to get knocked down. And when it happens, it usually happens on the defensive side of your business, on the expense side of your business. So when that happens, and and I'd love if you have any examples of this, um, do you have any tips for business owners when things start to get tight? And cash flow is tight. One of the things I hear often is, you know, you should try and renegotiate contracts and explain mm-hmm. to vendors, "Hey, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a bind. I need to renegotiate this for the next six months, and then we can talk about bringing it back to where it was." But yeah. any any tips that you can provide would be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the quote that I that that a lot of I've actually heard it from a few a few. Uh, uh, small business companies is that you know, the best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. It's mm-hmm. uh, a little bit like what we talked about um, earlier um, in our conversation, which is um, absolutely when things are going to get tight and you, you, you brought up an example of, uh, you know, renegotiating a contract to do these things because every listener out there has got a, is going to have, a, go through a time when things get tight and they're going to have to make some tough decisions um, and you're going to have to do what's best for your business at that given time. But to do all of that, the best thing you can do is prepare now for that by starting to collect this data in a way that will allow you to access it and get to it quickly so you can make that informed decision. It doesn't mean the decision is going to be easier it doesn't mean it's still not going to be tough, but it's going to be informed and you're going to be educated and you're going to be able to make a better decision because you've got something backing it. So often when things get tight, you, like I said, you lose a big customer or the economy turns or there's a new tax that's, that's um, embedded into your vertical that you sell into, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you start to make quick emotional non-database decisions. Because A, there's a lot of emotion. This is your baby. This is your company. And B, you don't have the data. And getting to it, you don't have the time to do that. And so um, getting this process in place and prioritizing this, this employee spend, people spending money on behalf of your company, getting that um, lassoed and consolidated now. So you feel comfortable making an informed decision when things get tight is the number one thing, um, that I hear people that are in those situations or have come out of them are thankful for. Look, I didn't want to set aside a time to do this implementation or set aside a time to invest in this technology at the time, but good Lord, I'm so glad I have it because we're now making decisions that maybe aren't the easiest, right? right. But they're informed and oftentimes they're better made because they are informed.
0: That is phenomenal advice, and I should have said right at the beginning of the podcast: make sure you have a pen and a paper handy to write down all of Ben's tip because they are fantastic. And you know, like I said, I I, definitely—I mean, we there are so many more uh, areas that I want to cover. I want to talk about seasonal businesses, yeah, and and, they have unique set of circumstances for. Cash flow management, you know, off season, in season, and whatnot. So, we're definitely going to want to have you back on and talking more about, um, you know, cash flow management, invoice management, expenses, travel, fraud, seasonal businesses, all of it, because it's, it's, I think it's really important. And it's oftentimes the most overlooked area of businesses, especially
1: ones that are trying to grow. Absolutely, it is, and 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 to those people looking out there, I know it. When it is manual, it is complex. It can feel overwhelming, but it's not. Um, you've got to invest in the in uh, upfront um, a little bit of time and obviously a little bit of of funds to do so. Um, but like you said, the output you get from a small investment here is is huge. It's not just the process and eliminating the paper. That's the first step, but it's the it's the ability to make better decisions for your company. Um, Right. And that that's the big thing, because, you know, I think we can all agree you can look back on the past year, the past quarter, and you can see where a good decision, the different things that that's been built on, as well as you can see a bad decision and how that's compounded the problem. And so you want to mitigate those. And to do that, you need to make informed decisions. And this is a big part of your company um, that will help you make better informed decisions if you manage it correctly. You heard it here first, people. we
0: <laughs> straight from the mouth of Ben Brewer. So great advice. And um, if people wanted to reach out to you or find out more information about SAP Concur,
1: tell us where they should go. Um, best part is concur.com, um, our website. It's a very interactive, very educational, um, and it will get you all you need. Okay, fantastic. Well, Ben, thank you very
0: much. We appreciate your time today. We appreciate all your great advice. And again, for everybody out there, feel free to listen to this podcast again with a pen and paper in hand. Uh, And with that, uh, this is Brian Moran. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast. Thank you very much. And everyone have a great day. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.